I suppose for people who don't know, what are your peak ranks in each game mode? Uh, so I am SSL in all three game modes. Uh, I actually have no idea what my peak MMR is for ones. You'd have to go on my tracker to find <laughs> it's that. Like, but but for... like top four in the world or something at one point? Oh yeah, I peaked top four uh, for a little bit. Uh, twos and threes are both 2k peak and yeah, that's basically it. I can't <laughs> lie, it's pretty, pretty <laughs> damn good though. And Not also, I Not think people bad. should know as well, um, basically when we were doing the um, Rocket League belt system, it was I was sending you scripts. <laughs> I did oh, I, yeah. I was sending <laughs> you scripts every day. Hey, can you check this out? Can you check this out? Can you check this out? And you were like my main sort of uh, person to go to to get the advice from. So, you know, massive impact on that. To be fair, the, the scripts were pretty good. There, there wasn't much I needed to change. I mean, I didn't change anything. I just <laughs> put in suggestions. <laughs> but there were always yeah, good suggestions. Yeah, That's the main thing. There were always good suggestions. <laughs> um, and the inventor of Rocket League Battle Cards. That is true. So OVC. That okay. is probably a good place to start. Where the yes. hell did that idea come from? Um, it's actually pretty pretty funny. So I remember when me, you and McLoba were in call, um, and we were talking about I remember the idea I told you about where um do you know where the showroom is? Uh in Rocket League where you can like where it showcases like decals and whatever. I was like, imagine if um you could have that but with pros instead. So, so let's good. say you'd have cooks. And then there'll be like an entire like player um like recap on his career like his favorite car would be like you know the main thing on the showroom and then you'd have like you know kicks 97 at the top and then like a player bio and then accomplishments and things like that. i'm like hmm imagine if rocs did that that'd be pretty pretty that'd cool that'd be like, so amazing Marsh, like some of the legends and then i was like hmm, speaking of legends imagine if you could like play a game with said legends with stats like fifa basically like fifa auto team i'm like hmm that could actually be done to be fair with uh some of the people we know in the community and uh, just like gave the idea to you guys and it actually became a thing. So Crazy, man. But that go. that still, I think they should do that. Like, imagine that. Yeah, you go on to <clears> something <throat> like Hall of Fame. You click Yeah, it, literally and, like a Hall of oh Fame. Oh, my God. You click Cooks97 and it's got like... His actual like body, you know, his picture comes forward. <laughs> his bat, you know, Batmobile's the there. Batmobile. Yeah, you yeah. can purchase it. So they're getting, you know, they can monetize off it. Boom, purchase the Batmobile. Mm -hmm. And then you could even, they could make like a training pack of all of his best shots. All of his best shots, yeah. I literally. mean, that would be so sick. And you click on it, boom, straight away you're in there. Um, you could watch videos of his highlight. I mean, they could do so much with Hall of Fame. They should introduce Hall of Fame. Mm -hmm. And if they did, with he Cooks would be. As well. They gotta, he gotta be the guy. Yeah, I mean, with Cooks as well, like, um, because he was, he's really iconic because he only had two cars. He only really used two cars. It was the yep. Dominus, or actually, well, it was three, isn't it? It was the Venom yeah. from way back in the day. It was the Venom, and then he had the the Dominus. And then the Batmobile, so he could literally like switch between both, uh, switch between all oh, three yeah. like presets of his most famous cars. Then each preset would have its own training pack of like the best oh, shots he scored with that. God, preset. that would, would be so it would, sick. It would be insane, you know. Oh my god, that would actually be amazing, man. I'm thinking of that, like that would ah. Oh. It's almost tempting it, to like, give yeah. it a bash ourselves, you know. <laughs> this, is how, yeah. <laughs> this, this is how everything starts. We could it, do it that. It always starts with an idea, literally, yeah. every single time. Oh, man. Even, um, like, it doesn't even have to be cooks as well. Like, you could do that with, like, literally RCS. Like, you know, best... I mean, I'm sure that like, there have been training packs made with RCS, um, like, best RCS shots. But, True. like, um, even Sionics could literally make it a lot more fancy. You could put, like, um, you know, like, actual cinematics of, like, for example... Oh, yes. um you know cooks's game-winning shot in season two they could actually you know make some cinematics of it and then you know do that so it would just be a nice touch to be fair 
And like, how cool yeah. would that be? You go into the training room to do the training pack, and you go, oh, what, what was it again? And instead of having to go to YouTube, you press, I don't know, press one of the buttons, and in the top right corner, a video goes, whoop, appears, and you can watch mm-hmm. him do the shot while during the training pack. Do you yeah, know exactly. what I mean? Like and a picture I don't even picture. think it's too hard to do as well. That's the thing, because like, there's a lot of people that were, you know, invested in esports from back then. So a lot of people actually remember it. And especially them, they have like, you know, clips and whatnot. So I don't even think that's too hard. It's essentially just making a video. Yeah, <laughs> so yeah, literally. Yeah, no, it wouldn't be difficult at all. You just put the, well, I mean, I don't know. It doesn't seem too difficult yeah. to make that compared to what they've done. I mean, it, it's, yeah, yeah. it's on the line of what they've done. Right. I think the big pressing questions are, first of all, what do you think are the most important skills for 1v1? Um, so firstly, kickoffs always starts to kick off. Uh, everyone knows that one without without a solid kickoff, there's basically no point in playing ones. I, um, I, I know that too well. With the kickoff, is it speed flip every time now? Yeah, so nowadays it's honestly pretty rare to find people winning uh, kickoffs without speed flips. Even though you can technically end up having a sort of delayed kickoff if you go up against a speed flip and you can't, most of the time people can now just adapt to like delay the actual dodge after the speed flip into the ball. So they effectively cancel out oh. your said um, delay kickoff. So yeah, speed flips are pretty, pretty That's clever. fundamental So like nowadays. to push it into them and then once they get that delay, you're yeah, actually yeah. then, then flipping flip. them, driving yeah, yeah. it through. Oh, that's clever. Yeah, you basically end up like, yeah, you literally just push it through them basically. Because what I um, usually do is once I realize that is I try and then think where have they come from and I'll do. So like in um in a opposite kickoff, you know, the diagonal. If yeah, I yeah. notice I've got a, rarely, I'm actually faster than the opponent and they've mm-hmm. delayed it, I'll always go for a hook. Because yeah, yeah, they've sort of come yeah. from that the opposite side. So if I hook it, it's going away from where they're coming from. But I might try that instead. Mm-hmm. Just powering it through them. But yeah, speed flip's definitely super, super important nowadays. I mean, like a massive uh, like point about kickoffs is getting to the balls first. Or getting to the balls as fast as you can. Because then you can like start to manipulate where the ball moves as soon as you get there. And obviously, the quicker you do that, the advantage you have. Obviously, it's, you know, it's... Tiny margins, but Rocket League is about tiny margins sometimes. Mm-hmm. So yeah. it definitely, uh, definitely is a, a main skill to have. That's for sure. Speed flips uh, in kickoffs. What do you think about the wave dash kickoff? You know, when you do a single jump into the ball and then wave dash mm-hmm. after. Do you think that'll become like the meta for every single kickoff in the end? Because <clears> it seems so powerful. It almost kind of is already. I can't lie. I actually recently did a few one scrims because um, I was pretty bored <laughs> and um, I literally just kept on going up against people that literally just kept on doing that like, every single time. I remember when I was playing, uh, if you remember this, when I was playing Riot in the nice yes. disorders, he kept on doing that as well. And then I played Morxie, Morxie especially, um, kept on doing that kickoff like every single diagonal. So yeah, it kind of already is meta to be fair. I remember when I first saw I'm like, okay, mate, this ain't even worth it. But then, you know, even like playing apparently Jack and when I got smashed like 13-1 or whatever it was. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's extremely powerful. Um, when you do it right, it's literally unbeatable. It's um, just because there's no way for you to counteract the wave dash when you already use your flip if you do the uh, wave dash cutoff correctly. It's and just all, such a massive advantage. And all they've got to do, I guess, is just hit the middle of the ball on that first jump and you're pretty much safe from an instant goal. Yeah, you're safe from instant goal. If the ball goes back to your corner or like back into your half, 
even if it does like a mini pseudo um like scrub killer kickoff where you just smash off the sidewall and go straight yeah. in even if that's about to happen you can just use the wave dash to get back and save it Damn. so it's it literally is like almost bulletproof in a way like at least in my um in my experiences i haven't even seen a massive negative the only downside is you have to be really precise with where the jump is you know yeah. if you don't nail the jump yours it's a goal oh yeah kickoffs mega important the number one thing what else would you say is important for 1v1 kickoffs it would definitely in my opinion be defending um and i mean defending is quite a broad term but what i mean by that is um actually being able to read the car language so it's kind of like in tennis for example how like the best players in the world can sort of read where you're going to hit the ball based on like the way you angle your racket it's essentially the same thing in rock league um you can essentially read where the shot could go based on where the cars is it's a good way to be able to defend aerials and flip resets so if you can see <clears throat> exactly you know how they've angled their ball you can if you really pay attention and think about what you're doing you can kind of make a pretty solid guess as to where the shot could go um and that just helps making defending a bit easier um that's also a pretty pretty good thing because i mean I, I, everyone can attack nowadays and even you said it as well like everyone can attack it but no one no one can defend <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, no, uh, yeah even um even in ones as well like i know i've played a lot of people in ones in my time and a lot of people are really good at attacking but like you know if you were to put like a simple like flick on target you know either their positioning would be off or like they would make a really bad save and they don't get into the corner so yeah you know the, the it's like the whole defense wins championships sort of thing yeah it's, yeah uh, yeah very under underrated skill especially in rock league so if someone's coming at you with an air dribble, is your thing to go straight up to the ceiling? Like I remember before there was, I mean, there's many ways and everything's situational, but you know, you can go straight up to the ceiling with a fake, jump off the ceiling and challenge, uh, or would you sort of try and, like, you know where they're going with it. Do you try and wait back and then challenge the, like, sort of like, as you say, read their car language and challenge them late, or do you try and just blast it early when it goes aerial? So it depends. It depends on a few things. Firstly, it depends on the actual player you're playing. If you're playing someone that doesn't, well, isn't very prolific in air dribbles, then it probably is just better for you to just wait it out and let them fall with the ball because of gravity, and then you can pick up the ball easier. However, if you're playing someone, you know, God forbid, if you ever play someone as good as AJ or First Club, for example, with air dribbles, and they can air dribble from anywhere, then you definitely want to shut them down straight away because if you don't what well, well a few things will happen either one you get flip reset on and if the flip reset is good enough i don't care who you are you're not saving it <laughs> reactively <laughs> um or you can um you know you'd get dunked on so you just get edgeable dunked on and there's not much you can do for me personally i always like to wait back because i've always been more of a passive defender um, I tend to like shadowing because I always used to watch Scrub play when he was the best in ones and he never early challenged like he was basically known for counter-attacking like he would make a save and then just shoot directly in the open net so for me personally I always am more of a reactive defender so yeah, I like that style when when people you know when for example if Noah was to edge all you know at me you know back in the day when we used to play a lot on your stream i would always try to wait it out um because it, usually if you even just dive at the ball they will just get it over you the only <laughs> yeah. way you can get the only way you can dive 
consistently is if you somehow manage to hide behind the ball or if you go so quickly that they can't um that they can't you know react in time and you don't give them the time ideally you probably want to go straight away so that you don't you don't give them the opportunity to you know dunk on you or flip reset on you or whatever obviously the situations depend because obviously no rocket league game is the same so sometimes it's better to wait back sometimes it's better to challenge straight away but ideally you would want to go straight away because at least you would make them have to outplay you like if you go straight away the pressure's on them to get the ball around you basically that makes um, sense but if you wait then you know you give them more of a chance it's just that personally i would tend to wait but ideally nowadays especially with what people can do mechanically it's probably the best the best thing to just um just go straight away that's the thing because you like you say you used to be able to wait it out because you think well an air dribble i know where that's going you know what i mean yeah. as long as I'm, I'm in a certain position it's pretty obvious where it's going but now with the flip resets they can be right coming down to the ground and then all of a sudden they just lift the ball at the last second right over your head mm -hmm. and you think oh, okay i should have challenged it <laughs> so yeah, but yeah. then it's one of those things is that, like you say every situation is different and i remember when we used to speak about oh god sort of about one strategy a long time ago going back you always used to say proactivity 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 is mm -hmm. that still sort of your, your your feelings towards the game just get them flicks on make them move steal the boost keep the pressure on or is it is something changed um i would still say proactivity is the best thing you can do because when you're proactive the other person has to be reactive so mm -hmm. when they're reacting to what you're doing and they you kind of it's like conditioning basically so if you're flicking early every single time they are going to think okay i can't challenge early straight away because otherwise i'm gonna get flicked because they flick all the time earlier so if you get that into their head then you know later on down the line in the same game you can then start delaying your flick so you know let's say at the start of the game you're instantly flicking like straight away and you're making them make a save and then you can steal their boost and just start a pressure play later on in that same game if you have a chance to dribble most of the time they're going to shadow defend because you they know that if they challenge because you've been flicking the whole time the entire game if they go they're just going to get flicked on so when you have that you plant that sort of seed of doubt in their head then that's giving you a lot more time with your dribble later on in the game to you know delay the flick you can get closer to their net before flicking making it even more unsavable you could then you know when they're shadowing because you're, you're basically forcing them to shadow you can then go for air drill bumps you can mm. do whatever basically so yeah proactivity i would say it's, it's always been the best thing to do especially now it's a lot harder to defend shots reactively even like you know back in the day when cooks was the best player in the world in ones he would always uh defend reactively but even he had to switch it up and you know people like lion blaze as well who uh bit bit, bit newer than than cooks you know but he still has the same defensive style even he had to switch it up you know all the best players in ones nowadays they just go straight away <clears throat> and i think we can all like <laughs> we can all um you know relate to just going up against someone that always dies and it's so hard to play against them sometimes because they just go all the time and even if it doesn't seem like it's a smart thing to do because they're so proactive the pressure's on you to do something to be able to counter that proactivity so if you're the one to initiate that first then you kind of have a psychological advantage um in the game it does seem and, it, and there is a skill in that i think that's also sometimes overlooked is the skill in challenging the ball Mm -hmm. Some people are so good at reading exactly what you're doing. They can dive every time and they, they seem to win everything because they've read you so well. Yeah, exactly. Um, and it's the most frustrating thing to play against. It is. I remember 
um and johnny boy says it a lot actually he says you know there's many different types of ways you can defend in 1v1 and usually you can defend passively or you can defend aggressively people like daniel and first killer they are very like aggressive defenders they'll just charge at you basically um and then you've got your cooks and lion blazers that just you know are very passive defenders but like the aggressive defenders tend to be better and they're a lot harder to play against and they usually tend to be middle eastern uh, players <laughs> um just because you know they they just have absolutely no regard for what you're doing or whatever and it, it's it's suffocating basically it's 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 a, it's a very annoying style to play against um and yeah it's, a, it's one of the reasons why it works so well to be honest i was gonna say so if you're playing someone that aggressive what what do you do um so it depends again if they're just being a little bit like brainless with how they're challenging then it's they're actually really easy to play against because they they are predictable if they dive in all the time then you know to either flick or low 50 all the time if you but it gets dangerous once they actually start missing in the challenges if mm. they dive in preemptively like quite a lot but then all of a sudden they switch it up then it's a lot harder um to read what they're doing if you're playing against a chaser my advice would probably just be to flick early all the time or do your move early all the time um just to make sure you don't you don't get dunked on because especially in ones if you get dunked on it's curtains because it's only you defending you have to do every single role obviously so yeah, yeah. um definitely proactive again you know you want to put them on the defensive you want to like play at your own pace if you have like a really fast pace then i guess it kind of works but if you're like me with a bit of a slower well likes to play more methodically most of the time you kind of want to play at your pace so you want to put them on the defensive because as soon as they get attacking then you're playing in their element and then it's super scary that's fair i was gonna say as well something that i, I think you're I, I love watching you when you do this is half flip challenges and i mention it all to everyone i speak to i always say you gotta yeah. see ray do his half flip challenges now that's a great one because it's almost like a hybrid isn't it because if you fail it you can you know wave dash forward you can flip forward what are you what's the idea you know what are you trying to do or what do you look for these little cues for the half flip challenge and also how important is it to be able to do diagonal half flips as well half flip challenges um, yes i mean so if, i mean well the obvious answer for the sake of car control is obviously very important to be able to diagonally half flip um obviously you know if you can do that then you're a lot more mobile around the pitch you know you can get to angles quicker you can change direction quicker etc etc et i remember the first time i saw it i think it was flores from back in the day when oh, wow, yeah. Boy, uh, first had flores on the stream and he kept on half flip challenging i think it was ocelon and he kept on the half flip challenging him. I'm like, mate, that is actually like such a smart thing that I've never considered. <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, and it started working like a treat. Um, what would I, what would I do? Or so. Usually, when people have the ball on their car, it's extremely dangerous because they can flick it at any time, especially now. So, the way you want to be able to counteract that is you want to get them guessing, and the way you get them guessing is you want to make yourself as like you know as much like as hard to see for them as possible which is why when you would usually go for a half flip challenge you're in front of the ball you're your goal side basically um and the reason why that is is because as the attacker if you're ball carrying unless you have gengar settings you're not going to be able to see <laughs> over the ball yeah. so the ball is, obst is obstructing your vision so that's the first thing i say get goal side it's just so that you're harder to see because obviously if you're not 
if you're not goal side, the person attacking can see where you're coming from and can flick it. So that'd be the first thing. The second thing is you kind of want to catch them by surprise. And this depends on the game and the type of person you're playing. Again, if you're playing someone who's extremely aggressive and they always try to flick early, then I would say that um, you kind of want to hold back on the uh, on the half-flip challenges. You, you, you want to get in front of the ball so that they can't see you and they therefore would flick early because that's what aggressive players tend to do. They always flick early. They're always proactive. Um, so even just the threat of a half-flip challenge um, can get them to force a hand early and then you can kind of like play off that. Um, uh. The way I like kind of like to time it is i like to time it as soon as they get the ball so it's like literally the split second that the ball goes on their car i'd like to half flip because usually unless you're playing really good players they're not going to be ready or they're not going to have the mechanical ability to actually flick it straight away so you'll see it in like i don't know like maybe like gc2 or below where um it, it, people take time to get into their shots basically when you get into you know gc3 and ssl you know it takes a lot less time for people to get into their shots so you have to be even more careful with where you use it but especially if you're gc2 and under i'd say definitely try to um get get on get that challenge in as soon as possible um without being predictable so you know as soon as they get that first touch on the ball that's a good time because people they're not ready to flick usually that also i would say that if they are bounce dribbling you want to wait so if you don't want to challenge when the ball's rising because when the ball's rising um that is when they could like shoot over you or flick it past you or whatever you basically want to wait as soon as the ball's on the ground you essentially want to 50 50 it and it and it takes time uh, you have to time it well you have to be extremely like aware of what they could do in that certain situation you know it kind of comes back to that whole being able to read car language being able to read the game being able to predict what the opponent could do in any certain situation you want a challenge where there's a lot there's a low risk low risk high reward basically um if the ball is on the ground like literally in between bounces that's a perfect time to challenge because the best like the the, the worst thing that happens is you lose the 50 50 but because you're half flipping you can easily you recover that's a lot of people of when they half flip when they half flip challenge they do it at like the worst times they do it when the ball is at its peak bounce so the attacker can see you coming like they can see your car under the ball and they can hit it over you or they would do it when you know um the attacker's been ball carrying for a long time and therefore it's really easy for the attacker to see where you're coming as well you know just just try to be like unpredictable with it um and really like think like really think about what you're doing so a lot of people it's a bit weird but a lot of people don't actually think <laughs> about when <laughs> when they defend they just kind of like just guess and go straight away but you know especially when you know for me when i was playing against mads especially i had to really think about you know my challenge timing and doing things that would be unpredictable see this this is the stuff i love because a lot of people don't realize this is what's going on when you get to the higher levels there's a lot of think well not for everyone but there generally mm -hmm. tends to be a lot of thinking involved for every little inch mm -hmm. every little movement and actually that's that's going to lead me on to another question i'm going to skip a few yeah. questions here with that half flip challenge you know when you first start doing it you might concede quite a lot because like you say you're getting used to the timing it's a different yeah. mechanic to do and stuff like that so here's a question for you do you feel that rank and ability are necessarily the same thing and can you play to improve and play or play to win 
Do you feel there's a difference um, between these two uh, skills? Massive. <laughs> massive. <laughs> I mean, I remember the first time I heard this concept was, I think, in like 2016. And it was Squishy, actually. Squishy uploaded a video on YouTube and it was his road to GC in ones, which I think like every like OG has seen, like all of those videos. Yeah. And I remember him saying the best way he improved is because he played to improve and he didn't play to win. And that actually hit home. <laughs> um back then because it made a lot of sense when people play ranked they play to win they play to get the mmr they don't actually play to improve there's a difference the difference is if you play to improve you're actively honing in on your weaknesses you're looking at every single loss and every single goal you concede as something to improve but people that play to win they always those are the people that always blame on teammates or they blame on luck or they blame on like you know 50 50s or things like that I remember when Squishy was, he, he said one of his biggest tips is analyze your own replays with an objective mind. Because then you're actually paying to improve. Because then you're looking at every single, you know, thing you could have done better. And once you look at all the things you've done better, you can rapidly um, Im- improve because you're cutting out mistakes that would take literally years to do naturally. Everyone yes. progresses naturally because you play. So obviously when you do something more and more, you progress naturally. But that natural rate of progression is quite slow. When you're actively focusing on your weaknesses, you can improve really, really quickly. That's how, like, you see, like, a lot of 13 or 14-year-olds now are, like, insane. Uh, in ones, especially. Um, so, yeah, massive, massive difference. That That is, like, the thing I would suggest um, for, like, you know, like, your your golds, your plats, your diamonds that are trying to get into, like, champ and above. Definitely focus on your mistakes. You're going to lose games. There's not a single player in the world that has never lost a game before. And we've literally all started from zero. Like, every one of us. Yeah. <laughs> we all started from, like, not being able to hit the ball. So, yeah, definitely analysing your replays is a massive tool. Um, there's obviously a lot of... There are people that can help you now. Obviously, you know, there's we're, like, six or seven years to the game now. So there's a lot of, like, you know, advice on YouTube, a lot of uh, game sense videos, a lot of mechanic videos, things like that. Like, when you're taking your learning to that sort of depth, you will improve very quickly. Um, like, even people that I know, uh, for example, like myself, I remember I improved really quickly and then I stagnated because I started playing to win, not playing to improve. Mm, when I was yep. playing to improve, that's when I was peaking in ones because I didn't really care about how I was losing. I was, I cared about what I was doing, like literally every single game, like every single mistake I did. You know, okay, I flicked too late here. Okay, I dribbled the ball in front of my net. We won't do that next time, you know, things like that. And when you program it, that into your brain, it only takes like a month or two. Uh, another good example is Noah, actually, because I remember <laughs> um, I, maybe this is like January and 2020 or something like that. Um, but me and Noah would play in your tournaments and I would beat Noah every single time, literally every single time with ease. And then fast forward like three months and then he's unbeatable and no one on stream can beat him. <laughs> yeah. And, um, and yeah, it, it kind of shows you. I think he, he started like focusing on what he was doing wrong and um he played a lot of ones and yeah it goes to show like smash as well exact same thing so yeah um definitely play to improve and your rank will progress naturally as you improve and i think one of the really good tools for that as well if people really are obsessed with their rank because i I say like to people if you want to rank up it isn't that hard 
And people, you're lying. I, you mm-hmm. only need a few, like, you, I mean, Flakes did it with one move, power slide cut to SSL. Yeah. I mean, if you want to win games, you can win games. But if you want to get better and get a complete player, then you're going to have to do some mad stuff out there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I, think, I know. Um, yeah, sorry. Go sorry, on. I was just going to say, like, the importance of scrimming against a high-level mm-hmm. player. Like, I played mm-hmm. Smashy the other, <laughs> the other week, and uh, he beat me 17-1. <laughs> Honestly, 17-1. He was, like, kick I've got a replay of it. Kick off, got, like, he was just slamming. Yeah. And as soon as he gets the ball, it's over because he could do so yeah. much. And like you say, he's just he was so on me so quick, I couldn't do anything. Mm-hmm. I went into rank straight after. And I was just like, why so faster easy. all of a sudden? And, and then yeah. I watched the replay back. I thought, why am I losing these kickoffs? And I was like, ah, I'm actually flipping too early on my mm-hmm. speed flip. And it was like, boom. And it just helped so much. So scrimming against the better players with that objective of like, let's get better. It's so important. Yeah. It's, it's a mental thing. And it's not just esports. It's literally everything, especially with sports. Like if anyone's played sport, you'll know exactly what we're talking mm-hmm. about. Yeah. You know? you have to um have to have that mentality of okay we're gonna improve we're not just gonna play to win you know and um like at the end of the day like ranked literally means nothing unless you're like you know top 100 and even then it still doesn't really mean much like like leaderboard literally only means anything if you're trying to go pro and you're like top 20 in like one twos or threes like if you're not top 20 then it um it really doesn't really mean anything it's just it's just like personal satisfaction yeah Which, okay well yeah okay personal satisfaction is good at the end of the day you do want to be happy playing the video game but if you want to improve then you're gonna have to forget about the rank it's what i had to do it's what squishy had to do it's what so many people had to do um and yeah you will lose games but you know your rank will progress with you as you as you get better that's absolutely yeah brilliant amazing advice Right, so we've done 1v1 there. We covered quite a whole host of subjects there, actually. And um, what do you feel is the most important skills then for 2v2? Watching for your teammates. Um, well, just spatial awareness in general. The amount of like 2v2 games I've played where like the my teammate or or um opponents would like play like it's a 1v2. It's actually pretty mental. Like if you, <laughs> there's a there's a lot of people that would like you know they they don't even look where you are. They'll like rotate into you, or they don't try to back you up. They just dive straight away. Like those are the worst two teammates to have. Australian, um, because you're essentially one v two defending when they throw themselves in, which is actually another important thing in twos. But I I'd say the first thing is definitely like situational awareness. Know where everyone is all the time, and I guess that kind of goes for all the modes, but especially twos. You want to know where everyone is all the time, especially your teammates. You want to. I remember I was watching one of your videos about this, and you mentioned like the um. How oh, was it? It was like the it was like the one by one square rule, something like that, where you don't oh, want to yeah. be a square too far, but you don't want to be a square too close. You want to have like one square between your teammate all the time, and it's literally the same thing. You want to be close enough that you can follow up on the plays, but you don't want to be too close that you're all in the same position and you you don't have any like court coverage. Exact same thing. Um. Because twos is like the most team sport of everything. Um, obviously threes is obviously a team sport, but twos especially because you know if your teammate leaves you, it's a one v two and it's curtains. At least in threes, if one teammate does that, you still have another teammate with you. So well, <laughs> hopefully, well, ideally, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> ideally, yeah. So, so, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, two v two. First thing, definitely spatial awareness. Um actually like get in get into the mindset that you're playing twos as a team and not like 
as a solo and you'll definitely like your games will be easier like the game kind of slows down in a way it's mm-hmm. kind of like when um i think it was like my Tyson or uh Muhammad ali was like what, like when you start thinking about fights it actually slows down like you can actually it becomes actually so much easier to you know read moves and be able to think of counter punches and things like that yes absolutely um, when you're when you're actually like being aware <laughs> like it, it sounds simple but it's actually such a such a massive um such a massive advantage to have that a lot of people just like take for granted and i think another another thing that links in that is the skill to adapt isn't it a lot of people mm-hmm. want to get to their move they want to do their move they want to, you know they've got this thing yeah. planned but it, that ain't always the best route sometimes you've got to adapt and that i suppose also links into it where that you know with, with like for example with the you know the mike tyson thing He's not mm-hmm. just going to run straight up to someone, go right hook to the body, right up a He's going to make yeah. the opening for a move like that. It could be a different one. It's the same with Rocket League. You can't just keep forcing in 2v2, I'm just going to push the ball forward. I want to do. Mm-hmm. You've got to sort of say, right, where's my teammate? Can I actually, uh, in some cases, lose a 50 across to mm-hmm. my teammate? All these literally, little things. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I, um, y- yeah, it's literally awareness, like playing around your teammate. Remember, you're playing as a team. <laughs> you know, yeah. like and I'm, I, I know apparently Jack has a video on YouTube about this. He was playing in a twos tourney against Khaled and Ahmad, and he was playing with um, Dead Monster. I remember this insane thing. It's, it's, I mean, to the unchained eye, it looks quite simple. But what Dead Monster did was he, so Khaled was coming at him, and what Dead Monster did was he faked the challenge, made Khaled do something, gave the ball to apparently Jack, and it's a free one on one with Ahmad with no beast and. Uh, uh, Jack just edge or bumps him and then ends up winning the series Wow! and I'm just like that's actually huge brain <laughs> because yeah. usually what people would do is if people in Dead Monster situation they would literally just charge at him yeah. they would charge him O'Khalid being O'Khalid would flick you and then it's a 1v1 against O'Khalid and unless you're Jack or Jory is or something it's a goal every single time <laughs> so yeah. yeah like it's just, like just the awareness of knowing where your teammate is like just knowing okay a teammate could be in a much better position to deal with what could be um coming might as well like you know lose a 50 in his direction or fake a challenge completely so that teammate has a free ball it's things like that um you know just just playing with your teammate is, yeah. is massive in twos especially twos think as a team trying to succeed and it'll be a much more fun environment for everyone mm-hmm. um so what about 3v3 then um threes threes is 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 well it's it's, it's basically like a it's more of a exaggerated twos in a way i guess the, the main the main thing i would have for threes is the same thing for twos but just to, to a higher um a more overall stance awareness is everything there's a lot more people on the pitch in threes obviously so that and rotation actually rotation in threes is kind of everything you want obviously you want to have super clean rotation where you're always rotating in a circle but there are times where you don't want to rotate in a circle there are times where you want to cut rotation the times to do that are usually when you have a teammate stranded in like a and he has like a 1v3 because let's say your two teammates are overcommitted and you're on rotation back and what you can do as on as you know the player on the rotation back is you can cut rotation and make the person attacking do something with the ball so that the person at the back has the easier save. Rotation is like, I mean, it was made for threes. That's probably the number one uh, thing I would say. Obviously, when you're attacking, you want to rotate in a circle. But when you're defending, you want to make sure you know there's always one person on the backboard, there's one person in net, there's one person trying to intercept 
any uh, midfield passes. And um, yeah, be be ready for everything. Like awareness and rotation. Those are the two massive tips I'd have for 3v3. This is really interesting because this leads me to the, one of the other questions is, mm -hmm. do you feel people play free play too much? In a way. Yeah, um, in a way. I, obviously, free play is invaluable um, for mechanics and for, you know, well, mainly mechanics, isn't it? But yeah, what's yeah. even more invaluable is experience. And it's not just with Rocket League, that's with everything. You know, if, Gee, if you're yeah. going for a job, you know, there's going to be, you know, thousands of people that have the exact same grades as you. But what's going to separate you from other people is the amount of work experience you have at that job. It's the exact same thing in Rocket League, you know. You can have all the mechanical ability in the world, but if you don't know where to be, where you need to be, it's not going to matter. You're going to get conceded on, even if you have the best mechanics in the world. That's why pros are so dangerous is because they're a so mechanically good but b they have the experience from game time that's okay. why a lot of people okay you could be worse than someone mechanically but if they have like 2k games in the playlist they're gonna be better it's because they simply they've seen so many they've seen situations literally hundreds if not thousands of times and they therefore know how to deal with it because of experience so yeah free play is is very very important um but yeah, game game time is is in my opinion is even more important than than free play because th there are loads of people like mechanically better than me, but I can kind of deal with that because I kind of know how to deal with some certain situations with mechanics. You know, um, I'm not the best flip reset defender in the world, <laughs> nowhere near that, but I'm a lot <laughs> better at defending them now than I was, you know, six months ago because I've had to defend a lot more flip resets because you know game time. So, yeah, that definitely does help a lot. And where do you think, and I, f I imagine this is going to be different for every rank, sort of like the ratio of free play to gameplay, um, I suppose that's different, mm -hmm. like at a higher level, um, once you've got your mechanics in, you may want to just blast more games out to get that experience, like you say, but when you're new and mm -hmm. you're bronze, you might just want to <laughs> go into free play because all you've got to be able to do is hit the ball. Yeah, so what sort when, of ratio do yeah. you feel is good free play to gameplay? So... When me and you used to play the game, like, you know, 2015 and you know, <laughs> yeah. pre-season one, there was like, there was no like free play because there was no such thing as mechanics. Basically. Yeah. <laughs> so, so we'd literally just be all game time, basically. So that's why like a lot of the older players have like bigger brains than the newer players. Um, but now the game's completely changed. Now the game is so much more mechanical. I would honestly say more like a 60-40 ratio on um free play to game time mechanics is so it's like it's never been more important like if you was to ask me a year ago mechanics or brains i would say brains a million times out of a million <laughs> but now um with the way the game is and how powerful aerial plays are you've got to have the mechanical ability now like even for example people like kdop who aren't known for having he, i mean he isn't known for having you know world-class mechanics his foundations are still extremely solid and he can still pull like the old flip reset or two if he needs to you know yeah so, yeah yeah i would say 60 60 40 um you, you kind of want an even split to be honest um yeah if, i'd say you want a pretty 50 50 to 60 40 split would be pretty pretty healthy i'd say and with that 60 40 what's that in favor of free play or gameplay i would say nowadays if you're a newer player in favor of free play if Got you're you. a player, if if you're like a gold, platinum, um, you know, uh, silver kind of player, definitely free play. Um, 
because yeah like i said like a year ago i, I would have said definitely brains play <laughs> like <laughs> like see see all the situations that could possibly happen in this game and you know once you see them hundreds of times you'll be able to deal with them and then you can adjust your mechanics and see where you're weak at and then you, you know you can work on your mechanics that way but now it's kind of reversed now i honestly think that people like jack when jack says things like it's actually really good for people to learn the mechanics first because the mechanics is a lot easier to get down long term basically because down the line it's a lot harder to um, improve your mechanics than it is to improve brain sense you know that's mm. why um, the mechanical players are so good is because it doesn't take that long to learn game sense so yeah i'd definitely say for newer players 60 40 in favor of free play um but i'd say for the more established players other way around 60 40 but in favor of the game sets that's that's funny that literally was the next question i was about to ask you so if you picked up mm -hmm. the game today i was going to say would you prioritize um awareness or mechanics you're going to say mechanics mm -hmm. yeah mechanics um if you yeah. want to get if you want to get good if you want to actually try to go far in this game then yeah nowadays mechanics definitely like get the mechanics down first i'm like i remember our speakers and Noah about this and Noah was like i was like you know you know he was like gc one or two or something in once for quite a long time uh, but he the reason why he gets sso so quickly is because his mechanics are so far ahead of everyone else's at the rank yeah that, that was nuts. he literally just had to he just had to learn just a few like 1v1 iq things which doesn't take too long it only takes like 100 or so games and bang you're insane <laughs> that, so, that was nuts so, to be yeah. fair i think and smashy's done the same thing you know started like yeah, grand yeah. champ one in 1v1 and then literally oh, a month later you're top 100 yeah yeah it's exactly bonkers it's yeah once you not, it, the game's completely different <laughs> to, to, yeah. when used to, or to when you used to play uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah it's uh the mechanics definitely um they're a lot more important now like like aerial play is so powerful um you know it's incredibly hard to stop recoveries are so good nowadays that you know it doesn't even matter like it, like literally in 2017 if you were to go for a flip reset in ones it was a goal every time for the other person because your recovery was so bad but now people recover instantly it doesn't mm, matter that's so, so true yeah um definitely i'd say if you're a newer player prioritize the mechanics and then the brains can come later because it's just it's just you know better better better, better time spent basically when you're uh, when you're just new so yeah fair dues fair dues right who is your favorite player of all time cooks yeah gotta be right yeah i've been a lot of the older players would probably say you know it would either be you know cooks or kenobi yeah um for me it's gotta be cooks because europe <laughs> <I'd> also, <laughs> um i just preferred i mean i absolutely loved cosmic aftershock to death that was the first team i ever saw um in pro pro gameplay but the way flipside played and the way they changed the game yeah it's, it's, it's gotta be cooks and the dominus for sure <laughs> yeah. i just feel as well at that time period obviously kronovi was more well known so everyone associated mm -hmm. him that he was the best but really yeah. i think cooks was actually the best player well here's the thing um there was actually a in sarp uh, there was a player called bipod or my bipod for sure that, that was his name and he was the sub for flipside in season one and in SARP, he was the best player on the game, period. Um, Europe or uh, America. 
and then people and then it was widely accepted in Europe that Cooks was the second best player and then it was Konovi so Cooks was actually well I mean I I saw this in a Mark Nuda interview so he was probably a little bit biased but you know Cooks was right up there with Crow even from the start and then you know uh with Rocket League Cosmic Aftershock was insane uh, from the start with their aerial plays and I remember when I saw <laughs> Kronovi's, um beta montage for the first time <laughs> yeah. in 2015 and my mind was blown because I couldn't even drive straight and the guy was like doing air dribbles even back then and yeah um, yeah and then they'll have the aerial passing plays Cosmic Aftershock was insane like Kronovi inside junior and then Gibbs obviously holding down the defense um yeah um that team was insane Flipside had a bit of a slower start to our league. Um, as in, the, they were still obviously the best in the EU by a mile, <laughs> by more than a mile, by like ten miles. But um, yeah. compared to Cosmic Aftershock, um, there was a little bit of a gap, just a tiny gap for a little bit. But then once Flipside got their rotation down and they got their ground passing down, and you know, Kirk's really found his element. Mike and Marky had the synergy, like Flipside side dominating them in MLG. They started dominating them in um, the pro draft uh, preseason one. So yeah, definitely flip side uh, for me. This is a, yeah. this leads onto this right, and I, I see I've disagreed with people for a long time. Okay, yeah. um, and they've sort of said you know RLCS season one, RLCS season two. You take Cos- uh, Cosmic Aftershock. Was it Cosmic Aftershock in season one? Cos- uh, season they, R- RLCS season one was yeah. by Power. I by Power. That's it. That's what they were called then. And then it was yeah. season two, flip side one. And people say, oh yeah, they'd get beaten by a team of Plats today. <laughs> and I would just think that's absolutely insane. No, no, no chance. Wouldn't. Because no, like you wouldn't. said, if we actually go back, in your opinion and in mine as well, actually, the most important mm-hmm. things in twos and threes on the whole mm-hmm. is the awareness mm-hmm. of your teammates. Mm-hmm. Yep. And that's something that they had. You know, mm-hmm. maybe it was a gift or just from hours and hours of playing um, mm-hmm. that Platts do not have. Well, you have to remember that, well, here's the first thing. Platts have like zero mechanical consistency compared to pros back then. Zero. Like yep. you can have the odd plat that can pull off a flip preset. Yeah, sure. But they have no consistency. Back then, everyone was consistent as hell. Cooks didn't miss aerials. Mike and Marky didn't miss aerials. Even Iber Power Cosmic, you know, Konovi was said to be like one of the best aerial players in the game still. Um, mm-hmm. Lechino back on that oh. team. Outrageous in the air. Yeah. Um, Sad Junior. Even, even uh, Sad Junior as well, outrageous. Over zero went uh, at the last. <laughs> yeah, the in the air. yeah. So, yeah. So, you know, the mechanically, it's not even like as big as, uh, as big of as big of an advantage as people think it is especially against plats uh, yeah. nowadays definitely not like if, if anything i might be a little bit biased but they might even have the mechanical edge um the season one pros just because they're yeah so i think so consistent. too i think that, that's the big thing the, yeah and then the brains is not even a question i mean yeah rocket league was about a year old at that point but they also were playing sarp for five years before that so it's really six years of experience and yeah. I'm, you know, I'm not gonna side the plats that, you know, obviously play to win. They don't play to improve, and you know they're toxic to teammates and whatnot. It's just, it's not gonna happen. <laughs> yeah, happen. I mean, I can't um, really remember who was who was saying this. And they were like, no, no, Cooks, Cooks would be plat. And I said, oh, are you, you, you obviously never seen the guy. <laughs> and yeah, I played like, like a, a, a literally a montage from season two, you know, Legacy mm-hmm. season two. Yeah, yeah. And they yeah. were like, 
This guy's hitting redirects. He's hitting like for freestyle yeah, aerials, double yeah. touch in game. Pre-flips as well. Yeah. yeah. Oh like, god, his pre-flips. Yeah, they were insane. That's Unbelievable. Why, that's why, like for me, Cooks is the best player. He's the goat because, like, his is what he did at the start of the game. You know, like him and Flipside as a whole. You know, he had the Cooks twist. Yeah, he he was the really the first ever free freestyle, like a proper pro freestyle. Yeah. Um, rotation, pre-flips. Um, Cooks pinch. Best goalie in the world. The Cooks pinch. You know, like he, he changed the game basically. Kronovi was insane in the air, but Cooks and Flipside changed the game forever. Yeah. Like rotation wouldn't be a thing without them basically, and they were doing it six years ago. That's so, unbelievable. That's that's why I would rate Cook so highly. Obviously, world champion as well. Y you know. Yeah, hundred yeah. percent. I'm exactly the same as me. Yeah, for me, it's got to be Cooks as well. Who do you think though is the best modern day player across all game modes? Uh, it's got to be Monkey Moon, isn't it? It's, it's, it's yeah. got to be Monkey <laughs> Moon. Uh, I mean, he's always top. I don't think I've. I, I literally haven't seen him outside the top ten in the last year and a half. Jeez. Um, in every mode, by the way. Not not like every single mode, I haven't seen him outside the top ten in a year and a half. That's um, insane. Obviously RCS X the last season, um BDS were unbeatable <laughs> apart from <laughs> the end, but um yeah, throughout the season, um that team was easily like, you know, top ten teams of all time, easily, like probably fifth or fourth on that list. Um they they were uh, absolutely outrageous monkey moon as well what makes him so good is his speed the thing is with pro play is that what if, if you're a professional you're insanely fast with the ball anyway but usually everyone's speed kind of cancels out it's very rare to see a player outspeed other pros so when you see a pro outspeeding other pros and make them look like statues it's a pretty big deal yeah i remember watching mad. um the major the full major that literally just happened like a, like three weeks ago or something and in the final um bdss nrg monkey bean was shutting everything down in the midfield everything like he was making justin and garrett like two of the best players in america ever just look slow like the thing <laughs> is with bds they work so well is because mark Baye is like the guy to start everything he's like a catalyst basically he's the one that gets the other team doing something monkey moon stops at the midfield and extra finishes it off and they're so insane at doing that and their rotation is so clean it's like clockwork it's like season six or season five dignitas oh, like it, it's it's unbelievable and um yeah it's it's, it's gotta be monkey moon um I, I mean you know they obviously haven't looked as dominant this season but i mean they won the four major so <laughs> yeah. it, it's very hard to, to <laughs> even not looking them. at their peak yeah yeah and yeah they're not even peaking it wasn't even last year and uh, they still won the full major. So, yeah, Madness. it's got to be Bunchy Moon. Um, yeah, yeah. Of all time ever, what is your favourite RLCS moment? Um, uh, it's, it's got to be, uh, it's a bit of a, an overdone answer. But I think it's got to be uh, Justin's Season 5 goal. Yes. It would, either be, it would either be that or when NRG beat Vitality in Season 8 or when Cooks won in Season 2. Um, yeah, yeah, I'd see. I'd say it's those, those three. I'll say that those are my uh, favorite RCS moments for sure. Okay, and then the last question I've got for you. It's really a difficult question. Mm -hmm. What is the best shot in the game, and why is it the hook shot? <laughs> 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 okay, well, hook shot obviously 
anyone can pick it up. It's extremely easy to do. I think it's the first shot I ever learned because you just drive into the ball. And it you get so much power. <laughs> it's, it's actually <laughs> a very annoying way to concede because nowadays, you know, there, there's so many things you can do with the ball, you know, flip resets, eligibles, pinches, dribbles, whatever. But a sim something as simple as literally driving to the ball at the right angle and the ball's flying in your top corner at like 115 kph of the stuff you can do, just like, hmm, that's unfortunate. <laughs> because, you know, <laughs> you know, let's say you're preparing for like a really like intricate technical dribble or like, you know, some sort of bounce dribble and then they end up driving into the ball. And, you know, it's like a surprise factor in a way, especially when you hide the setup. Yes. It's a surprise factor as well. And with a, with a lateral dribble, you know this more than anyone there's so many things you can do with lateral dribble you know you can yeah. set up a hook shot which gets them scared it gets them sing on the goal line and if they sing on the goal line then you can like you know then you can cut into the ball take another touch and then at that point you're so close to the goal that any single shot any any shot on target is going to be a goal because it's point blank range so yeah the, the hook shots and lateral dribbles such a such a powerful tool and they're always relevant always even in like five years time from now like in once people will still be doing it so yeah. yeah that's that's a good point i mean where do you see the game in the future where do you see it heading well um here's the thing the game's progression especially mechanically has come from psionics bringing in new mechanics into the game right um you can think back to season uh five of the ranked season five where they brought out flip resets and obviously, when Squishy hit that insane uh, flip reset in the Season 6 finals against Signature, ceiling shots when Psyonix added um, infinite dodge timers when your wheels leave a surface mm. without jumping. That's how ceiling shots became a thing. Obviously, Squishy hit that in Season 4 of RCS. Like, those mechanics, um, those two in particular, actually, are massive catalysts into where the game is right now. Um, and obviously, like when Sonix added in error left, error right as well, yeah. massive catalysts into um, the mechanical potential of the game. Now we're sort of plateauing, I think. Um, we're not plateaued, but we are plateauing, as in, you know, slowing um, down sort of thing. Yeah, like freestylers, you know, they're able to do like, you know, I don't even know, like 25 flippery sets now or something crazy yeah. like that. Um, but like, now um with like literally like the most insane shots you can do people have kind of seen everything by now obviously is very few people can do it but like it's starting to become a little bit more readable i think for the game to unlock that next step sonics have got to bring in another um bring in another game changing mechanic like the wall dash for example like that's a that's the newest one um that everyone's doing you know the the wall the wall dashes on the wall um, yeah, yeah. Everyone's doing that because obviously extremely broken if you can do it right. Um, yeah. yeah. So it's it's going to depend on what Sonic brings to the game, in my opinion. I think because we haven't unlocked the potential of wall dashes just yet. Not completely. Not everyone uses it in games still. So once that happens, if nothing else happens with the mechanics, then we might be, you know, headed to to that plateau stage. But when Sonic's bringing something else. Kind of like, um, I remember when me and you were talking about this, it was um, when Cooks in an interview said he was working on a new mechanic. Yes. Which, like, uh, like, 
what, what was it? Was it like he could like well, keep the I, ball under his car? And then yeah, it was something. Something I, he didn't really say. He just said he's working on something and he wants to make sure it's perfect before he gets there. But yeah, there's some sort of mechanic where he can just sort of stay in the air behind the ball. I think it was something like that. It's like, well, mm -hmm. how are you doing that? So I was thinking maybe he was doing some sort of weird stalling technique right behind mm -hmm. the ball, but I have no clue. You know, that guy, I mean, he's invented so yeah, many yeah. mechanics <laughs> in the yeah, game. Exactly. Like, you, if, if anyone else said it, you'd be like, yeah, okay. But, you but know, like, yeah, yeah, you know, when uh, we went free to play and everyone's like, I think I've invented a new flick. You say, you don't even oh, look at the video. You just know, yeah. you know what I mean? You yeah. go, no, you haven't invented. But then when Cook says, I think I might have invented a new way to edge, you go, oh, this is going to oh, be good. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because, you know, yeah. When, when that man has said he's invented stuff before, it's usually game changing. So, yeah, literally you know, unbelievable. If, if that, if that, if that, uh, if that says true, uh, then yeah, we'll see. But yeah, where do I see the game? I mean, God knows. You know, like in 2017 or 20 sorry, 2016, flippy sets weren't even imaginable. Um, you know, like the most insane thing people could do in the air was double touches, which is why Devo was so insane. Mm. Um, but now with flippy sets, you know, it's unlocked massive new potential for the game. God knows what's gonna happen. Only time will tell. I will probably think that it will become a point where like people could even start chaining resets in the air, but like as air as air dribbles in a way. Yes. Like, but the thing is, I don't even know. I don't. I don't. <laughs> that's the thing. I, I don't know. The thing is, it's, it's, any, it's anyone's guess because usually I was gonna say you could like air dribble, like you chain resets and air dribble, kind of like what Cook said he could do. But then, like, nowadays in threes, you just get crunched <laughs> straight away. That's why, yeah, it doesn't um, seem like it's worth it because it'd be too yeah, slow. Yeah, exactly. That's, that's, that's the thing. So, yeah, we don't know. No. If Psionics can bring in another mechanic to, um, you know, to to spice it up, basically, then then we'll see. But as for now, I think I think we're, we're getting pretty close to the peak, but nowhere near the, the real potential peak yeah. of this game. Yeah, that's that's awesome, man. Well, I gotta say, man, I really appreciate you've dropped so much knowledge today. <laughs> it's unbelievable. <laughs> uh, I really appreciate you doing this, taking time out to do this. Um, any yeah, so links you want people to go to if they watch this? Your Twitch? Uh, just Raidmeister One. That's basically Raidmeister One. I'll put I'll put it down below as well. Yeah. Um, um, that is it. Oh, Team Strix Discord. <laughs> Oh, it's just well, good. Yeah, one's one's gonna thank me for that one. Okay, but, we'll uh, put that out yeah, as well. In the, uh, <laughs> it'll be yeah, in yeah. the comments pinned, and we'll also put it in the uh, description below. So hopefully, people yeah. get over to Strix and also Strix uh, on uh, Twitter as well. Oh, yeah, that's true. Yeah, Twitter. yeah, because these guys well, are doing great YouTube, things. Yeah. I mean, yeah, your team's so sick, and, and you just uh, went to LAN in Scotland. Yeah, yeah we went to uh, SEL4 LAN. Yeah, in Dundee, it was pretty fun. Unbelievable, so. and came second. Yeah. Second indeed. Pretty indeed, damn yeah. impressive, man. That's amazing. Awesome. awesome. Well, thank you again, bro. I really do appreciate that. Nice, no, all good. Thank you. And uh, I will stop the recording right now. Thank you, everybody, for watching this one. Unbelievable stuff from the Meister.